Welcome to Life, Lessons, and Laughter with your host, Glenn Ambrose. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Let's bring on Aubrey. There's okay. Aubrey. Hello. Hello, hello. Here we are. Here we are talking about addiction today. Addiction. Yes. That's nice and light. You know, I, I did a, I did one about addiction years ago, many years ago, maybe like five or six years ago, maybe longer. And um it was one of the more controversial episodes <laughs> as far as um as as far as like feedback from people it was yeah the people you know the the podcast is called life lessons and laughter but people don't like it when something's a trigger especially you know and i mean you know which anything can be like i i got backlash from you know depression I got backlash from addiction. I got backlash, you know, things that cause suffering obviously trigger people. So, and with a podcast called Life Lessons and Laughter, some people do not like talking about serious subjects unless you are really serious and they should be listening to other podcasts <laughs> because it just ain't going to happen here. You know, it's, sensitive. it's all, it's very, it's very sensitive topic. Yeah. And it's, you know, like, I mean, I guess, you know, I grew up, <laughs> I grew up in a town that was all French Canadian and we all made fun of French Canadians, you know, because we're French Canadian. So nobody was going to take it seriously. You know, nobody's yeah. going to take it personally. So it's kind of like, you know, I was an alcoholic for 20 years, man. I paid my dues. I'll say whatever the hell I want about addiction and I'll laugh and I'll do like, I, I earned it. Yep. <laughs> you know? yep. So, so it's like, you know, buckle up because I don't know what's going to be said, but it sure as hell ain't going to be filtered. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, it's, you know, I mean, because I'm fully aware of the suffering, you know, it's because I experienced it and I lived it for 20 years. So, you know, I'm fully aware of that, but I'm also aware of recovery, which is basically the point of, and to me, it's the point of any topic uh, or, or um, podcasts or discussion about addiction Otherwise, why talk about it? Like, you know, I mean, sometimes we have to understand the problem. So it's not that we're necessarily going to jump into solution only. But what I'm saying is, even if you have a podcast solely dedicated to discussing the topic of the problem and you don't even touch on the solution, still, why bother talking about the problem? Right. Just hard it's, yeah. it's so you understand it, you know, like, so, so why do you want to understand it? So you can get to the solution. So even if I, you know, I don't have a intention of doing this all about the problem, but like my point is, is even if we, if, even if I did do it all about the problem, the underlying meaning or reason would be to push, to get people to understand it so they can go into the solution, you know? Yeah. So, and I mean, you know, my experience, there, there was tons of laughter in, in AA when I was, you know, I was heavily involved for seven, eight years, heavily involved. And I mean, it was, there, we're always laughing and it was because we're safe. We're in safe space around other people that were just like us. So when somebody was talking about experiencing something, we'd like very often people would break out in laughter. And if people were really sensitive that day or people didn't understand, it, it was usually the outsiders that had a problem. Yeah. You know, they're usually the ones that didn't understand the laughter because right. everybody else, we're laughing because we're like, oh, my God, that was so me. Yeah. <laughs> so when you identify, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. When you identify, you just break out in laughter. It's, it's, uh, and ironically, it's a chapter in my book um, that I termed spiritual laughter because there's, it's a very specific laughter. There's no judgment in it. It's just you see your stupidity and poor decisions for what they are. And it's so ridiculous that you laugh. Yeah. Without judgment. You know, it's a very freeing, healthy laughter. So, so, so we'll see how this goes. But that's my take. <laughs> Just so, like, if you're listening to this podcast for addiction and you're expecting there to be no laughter and me to be real serious, just end it right now. Right. Turn it off. <laughs> Where it's going to go. Hopefully, there's going to be some good information, but there's going to be some laughter too. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, addiction is a sensitive topic. You know, there's people that um, experience addiction firsthand, and then there's people that uh, experience it secondhand, you know, with people that they care about and, and people they love. Um, I feel like I've been on both ends of that spectrum, maybe not to the degree that um, someone that is an addiction, you know, would say that they're an addiction, because I know, you know, there's levels to this, right? But um, I've been dependent on things, right. That have been tough to get off of. And it's not, I, I didn't find myself in some crazy situation where I lost everything, you know, but it didn't get to that point. Um, as far as being impacted, you know, uh, having addiction in your life doesn't necessarily mean within you, it, it could be within a parent, you know, or a friend or someone you care about and, and how you deal with that. Um, and I dealt with that a lot, you know, and I, I really wanted to understand it. Um, I dealt with that with a uh, parent. I've dealt with that um, with very close friends, family, um, spouses, <laughs> you know, uh, just everywhere I go, it seems to kind of <laughs> follow me. But um, I wanted to understand it. I actually um, I went through my 12 steps just to kind of understand. And I I think that that's something that anyone could benefit from, you know. Um, yeah. Step, I, I... Yeah. They're very powerful. And, and I mean, really, they saved my life and woke me up spiritually that, you know, that's how I entered into this way of life was through addiction and specifically through the 12 steps. You know, I went through them in three months, which I like, you know, to me, it's three to six months is great because there's a there's a momentum. Yeah. You know, and, and, and like, how long can you suffer? While you, you know, some people, and this is just my perspective. I mean, I understand that there's multiple ways to do it. So I don't, um, so I'm just speaking from my personal experience. I don't say, I don't think that everybody should do it the way that I do it, did it, but like it really worked for me. And I saw it personally, I saw it work better for the people that I took through. Like I took groups of people through the 12 steps. And for me, like when I did it, it was about five or six months. It's just my style. It took a little longer because there's so much spirituality in the book. And we went yeah. through every word in the first, my God, I used to know this, was, was it 165 pages or something? Mm -hmm. Whatever. The front of the book is all uh, of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, which is the, the Bible for all the uh, addiction programs. Mm -hmm. Like that one, it's, yeah, it's like the first 165 pages or something. The back, the rest of the book is all stories, you know? So the front of the book is all the program and laid out. And so we went through every word, underline this, circle this, write this in the margin. This is what this means. And we took the 12 steps as we went through. Mm -hmm. And I went through with a group of like seven guys and I had the least amount of sobriety. I don't even know if I had 30 days when I started. Wow. Uh, some of them had 25 years wow. and they were going through it. And everyone had a majorly powerful, impactful experience. Um, so it's I, I like doing it like that. And I've seen it work for other people. And I've seen other people doing, you know, where they wrote their fourth step over four or five years. Some of them. Wow. And I was and 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 oh, like. Yeah, it's a long time to suffer. Like yeah. I didn't have four or five years to live. I mean, I was close to death. So right. like I was, you know, I kind of went in with that attitude anyway. I was like, if if there's 365 tools, I need 365. 
I don't need 364. I am about to die. I need it all now, yesterday, please. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, yep. that's how I, because I was, I yeah. was literally on the edge of death. So it was like, yeah. let's either do shit or get off the pot. Let's do this right. or don't, right. you know? And I got exactly what I needed. And I've seen lots of people, you know, taking four or five years to write their, their fourth and fifth step. And they're relapsing during that time. And they're suffering during that time. It's yeah. like, you're just, you know, yeah, it, it doesn't, you don't necessarily, you don't need that much time. Um, no. Like you said, you don't, you don't need more time to suffer. You know, uh, if you could yeah, be, and that's what it is to me. In a faster way, why would you choose the longer route? And it's the, and, and some people say like, uh, you know, the, because I've had many discussions on this in the past. Um, a lot of times people say you have to do it thoroughly. And it's, and, and I agree, you have to do it thoroughly as humanly possible. But in my experience, in, in this specifically, this is where I first saw it. And I've seen it time and time again throughout the last 19 years in spirit, my spiritual practice is that the universe works on intention and effort. It does not work on whether you do it perfectly. Mm-hmm. because I mean, I was jacked up, man. I had difficulty speaking, finishing sentences. I was like, I was bad. I couldn't, my brain did not, it was, you know, I was getting wet brain. Like I could not retain information. I was incapable of doing a fourth and fifth step fully properly. Like, yeah. like, you know, like remembering every single thing. And, and like, so, you know, fortunately that's not the, 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 the program that I went through, you know, they, like I said, we went through in three months. So I did it to the best of my ability in one or two weeks. I wrote out my four step to the best of my ability and it worked, you know, because I saw patterns and I was as thorough as I could at that time. But then, you know, a year later, six months later, Five years later, sometimes something would come to me and I'd be like, oh, my God, I didn't even think of that. Well, I just did a mini fourth and fifth step on it and a yeah. mini eighth and ninth step if necessary. You know, so for those of you listening, the, the you know, the reason I'm singling out those steps is they're basically kind of known as the action steps. So fourth and fifth is writing down. Fourth is writing down all your harms done others, all your sexual harms done others all your fears and um, all your resentments. Mm -hmm. And like we wrote it down in a specific way. And then you go over that with uh, a sponsor, preferably, you know, and, and he points out, you know, mine really knew the program well, and he just pointed out patterns. He was, he was like, (laughs) you know, we're, I'm I'm writing down all these girlfriends, you know, from when I was 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. And he's like, dude, you were a kid. You didn't know what the hell you were doing. I mean, <laughs> did you intentionally hurt somebody? And I'm like, no. And he's like, okay, well, so, you know, so, I mean, what, you know, what did you do? Well, right. I don't know. You know, I dated this girl and, and she, she really liked me and then I dumped her. It's like, well, that that's called being a 16 year old like that. That's life. That's right. You you all go date like, you know, I, it's yeah. like, right. you know, and he's yeah. like, you know, we will we can look at it. Don't get me wrong. You know, like we can slow down and we can look at it, but I'm not going to spend 30 minutes on every one of these. They're all the same. Yeah. So if you dated 50 girls, I'm not going to talk about 50 girls. Like, you know, we can probably group 48 of them in one thing and just, and then these two that you're a real asshole to, we'll, we'll deal with those separately. But, you know, so, so it's just in the interest of time, you get the point. Like, you know, if, if you sit there and you go, okay, well, I had false expectations or I didn't think about her. Um, I was thinking about me. Like, if you see that pattern you're like okay that what's important is that you get it out of your system you you say it to another human being because that actually is brings up shame 
and heals the shame, you know, which Brene Brown does a great job talking about shame specifically. And I always knew what it did because of the program, but I never heard it explained until Brene Brown came out and started talking about shame. She's like, shame cannot stand the light. As soon as you talk about it, it starts dissipating. Mm. This is why you, the fifth step is done. Because you have to, you actually literally have to say the words, I did this. And then when you, when you're saying that to somebody else that understands, because they've been there too, and they don't judge you and it's a safe space, Mm -hmm. that energy starts breaking up and dissipating. Yeah. You know, this is how you transcend things. This is why I can talk about things 19 years later so matter of factly that I did to people because I don't have the emotional charge because I dissipated that going through my fourth and my fifth step and my eighth and ninth. So the other, so that's fourth and fifth, eighth and ninth is um, basically you make your eighth, you write out your eighth step off of your fourth and fifth step yeah. for the most part, you know, and, and then, then you look at it and you go, okay, what amends it's an amends list and then make, Ninth step is making your amends. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, <laughs> which is the fun one. <laughs> it's the best one. It's the one you get the most. I mean, listen, it's uh there's a lot of power that comes with amends. But what's great is, you know, it's it's worrying about your side of the street, regardless of what the reaction is of whoever you're making amends. So it's really it is about. it is, and it, it's like the ninth, the ninth is probably the most misunderstood step, ironically, because it's like because it's the step that everybody that <laughs> like when, when people start going through the steps or recovery and, and all of a sudden they start having these like little spiritual awakenings and they start actually getting it that like, oh, my God, like because that's actually what the steps are. The, the 12 steps are the purpose of them is to induce a spiritual awakening. <clears throat> a spiritual awakening is just a shift of perception. That's all it is. They actually clarified this in the back of the book. And what's funny is if you read the first 165 or whatever it is, I got, I got to look at the damn number. So if I keep saying the wrong number, I'm going to irritate myself. Uh, but if you look at the, at the first, it really says specifically that a spiritual awakening is not like, it's not a lightning bolt up the ass. It's not this overwhelming God consciousness. That's not what it is. It's not what they're talking about. It's just a shift of pers- perception, perspectives. And and they they allude to that and say it pretty much multiple times throughout the beginning of the book. But people still were getting hung up on that. So much so, they kept thinking it had to be this overwhelming God consciousness. So much so that they refuse to change the beginning of the book. They've changed the stories to keep up with the times a little, but they have not changed the original text in the beginning of the book um, because they don't think they should, and with good reason, in my opinion. Yeah. But but they did put an appendices in the back, just clarifying a couple things. Like they added the, the principles in the back. But the main thing that they added was a thing called spiritual awakening. And it says this, it's just a change of perception. It's just a change of perspective. That's it. It's not an overwhelming God consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's important. It was important for me because I'm like, you know, I start getting into this program and people like talking about God and all this stuff. And I'm like, I, I'm supposed let go and let God. I'm so like, I'm supposed yeah. to, huh? You know, I'm like, I don't know. It's hard to grasp that. It's hard. And and yeah. it's like, I don't know. All I knew is I said, I don't know for sure, even if there is a God. What like, I, I have no idea. But one thing I'm about 99% sure of, if there is one, he hates me. <laughs> that was my, that was my, <laughs> that was my perspective. Yeah. You know, that was, that was my, to me, it started in my Catholic upbringing. I mean, I kind of decided that when I was young, I was like the way it was fire and brimstone and you're bad if you do this stuff and all that. So to me, by the time I was 12, I was like, well, I'm screwed. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean uh, there's, there's no hope for this guy, you know, so yeah. I can't even make it to 12. 
like you know so so i figured and then it got way worse you know when i started drinking <laughs> it just amplifies it oh immensely you know like if if you know because it's when you drink you know it's to to squash all the negative feelings about yourself yeah. you know it's to anesthetize yourself with how horrible you feel about yourself yeah. and then so then you go drinking and then you know i mean if you drink enough and you're in public you're going to do stupid things you have no inhibitions you're you know and, and you're not in control of your functions if you drink enough so you're going to do stupid stuff so yeah. then you feel bad about what you did and then you feel you know then you feel worse and then you go drink so you don't feel bad then you do more stupid stuff and then you feel worse and then you drink and then it's just a, a cycle that goes on for years you know and you're gradually feeling worse and worse and worse about yourself as you go it's a dark place to be yeah and it it, it usually you know possibly always um includes depression because yeah. it's you know like i heard somebody say many years ago they're like alcohol is a depressant mm -hmm. what do you think is going to happen to you if you drink a gallon of depressants every day <laughs> you're going to be depressed probably yeah. Oh. It, it, <laughs> yeah it could take a toll it is it's a downer um yeah it's uh it's also poison but you know hey Right. And it's so that's, you know, that this is something that I learned years ago. And, you know, I suppose like anything, it's possible that um, somebody's going to say this isn't true. I don't know. It's how I understand it. So um, yeah. like when I when I when I, you know, I like I said, I was I was all in, man. AA saved my life. Not an exaggeration. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. and yeah. and it opened me up and changed the direction of the rest of my life so um yeah. so i mean i you know i can't say enough about it but like when when i first started it was it was to save my life because i wanted to die you know and it was i mean i was i i was literally when i got sober i i was I was staying at a friend's house. I had tried getting sober one other time. I, I couldn't understand. My brain was so fried. I couldn't understand what they were saying in the meetings. Like none of it made sense. It was like they were talking Greek. And I was trying to understand it. I was just so Jumbled. messed up. Yeah. I was like, I, uh, eh. <laughs> eh, I'm, you know, I'm not sure. Yeah. It's yeah, uh, and, and I mean, I, I could talk a good game. Yeah. Right. You know, just I could say some of the right things. You're paying attention, but once, you know, you press a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden life, you know, got difficult. I, yeah. I, I grabbed a job working like 14 hour days and, you know, within a couple months I was a lunatic. It was yeah. like, cause I wasn't taking care of myself, you know? Yeah. So, so it's, so I ended up, that was up in Rhode Island and I went back to Florida where I had been, I didn't, I didn't last in Rhode Island too long, uh, but I ended up back in Florida at my friend's place. And he was like, dude, you know, after a few months, he's like, I'm trying to help you here, giving you a place to stay. And like, you're just sitting around drinking, like, yeah. you know, so, you know, you, you either got to get your stuff together or you got to get out. And I was like, I get it, man. And, you know, I was always pretty independent, even for an alcoholic. Um, yeah. So I, I didn't make excuses for my behavior. I was like, yeah, man, you know, I get it. Yeah. Cool. So he left right after we had that talk and I knew where his gun was oh. and I had the combination. So I sat down on the bed and I was like, okay, it's go time, dude. Like, oh, man. you know, are you going to die? Like, just go, go get the gun and just do it. Or not and i'm like okay well ba so basically i decided i was gonna kill myself so i was like wait a minute wait a minute like i i tried to kill myself before years before so i was like i had a, a and i was pretty good at being honest with myself so well in some ways um so i was like 
wait a minute, Glenn. Before you go get that gun, this is a big deal. Think it through. Like, are you going to really have the balls to pull that trigger when the time comes? Right. And I and I envisioned myself doing it. And I was like, no, man, I don't think I am. I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. It's like, okay, well, why? See, what's ironic is I used to have these conversations with myself even back then. Yeah. You know? So I was like, okay, why? And I'm like... I, I think because I don't know, I think what it really boils down to is I don't know if there's a God or if there's not, but if there is, and the whole hell thing is true, then as much as I'm suffering now, I'm thinking there's about a 50, 50 shot that that's worse <laughs> and it's eternal. Right. So before I really go down that road, I got to be sure that there's no other possibilities. Mm -hmm. And I had tried getting sober in Rhode Island for a couple months and I had heard enough where it was like, I have no idea, but maybe yeah. this might work. So I was like, okay, then why don't you give it, you, you're going to have to give it another shot because you're not going to be able to pull the trigger. So why don't you just go find out if this works or not? And then if it doesn't, then you'll have a clean conscience. You'll know there's no other way. Then you can kill yourself. So I was like, okay. You know, that made sense to me. I was like, okay. I All, all AA was, was a stepping stone so I could end it. Yeah. That's what gave, gave me the, the momentum. And, you know, people hear that story and they're like, oh my God. You know, it's like, yes, but what it did is it gave me what I needed to do what I, to do what I needed. So in the way it did was because like, I heard something in AA, it said half measures avail us nothing. And that jumped out at me. So I was like, so half measures avail us nothing, nada, you get nothing. Like, so if you do this half ass, you don't get half the results. You get none of the results. Yeah. And so the point was, you know, and to the way I understood it, it was like, okay, well, that obviously, if you get nothing at 50%, you, you get nothing at 90%. Yeah. You know, so you yeah. got to give it 100% or you get nothing. 90. What if I'm giving? <laughs> and that's that's the first place my mind went, you know, but I'm, I, I was trying to. Where can I skirt out? Where can I do a little less? Yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't, I couldn't find a way logically where I could score it out. So I was like, yeah. okay, I have to give this a hundred percent. And, you know, I guess maybe playing sports helped because like, I, I wasn't the best athlete, but I gave it all. I left it all on the field, man, every time. So I giving everything I had, I was familiar with what that felt like. So that's what I did. I just went in there and I didn't do it perfectly. Like I, I messed up a couple of times and relapsed twice, but then as I relapsed twice and I was like, I got like 60 days once and like 90 days once and I relapsed and I noticed the second relapse was easier than the first. Once you give your, yourself permission to drink when things yeah. get tough. Oh yeah. Well then when things get tough, you drink, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, you get it the first time and you get rid of that guilt a little bit and then it gets a little bit easier each time. It's an <laughs> option. It's like anything else really. Right. So I looked at, I looked at like the chronic relapsers and I was like, Oh, this is what they're doing. And I was like, Oh, hell no, I'm not. Like, I don't like getting sober once. I'm not going to do it like eight times a year. Yeah. No, so no, no. And my yeah. whole point here is to die. So, like, let's just get this over with once. And then I can go die. But I'm not suffering and bouncing in and out of the rooms for another five, ten years. Yeah. Suffering the whole time. If I want to suffer, I just stay drinking. You know, like, yeah, so, so that's, so I, I went and I started asking people what the steps, the steps. And a lot of people are like, don't drink and go to meetings. I'm like, I can't not drink and go to meetings. Like, I, isn't this a 12 step program? Right. You know, 
I hear you. And people like you, you're too screwed up to do the 12 steps. This is the type of stuff that I heard. Wow. So finally, somebody introduced me to somebody. And, and it was, and I could feel the truth coming off of them. You just, it, we went to a Sunday morning beach meeting in Florida on Siesta Key Beach. And um, after the meeting, somebody's like, hey, a friend of mine's like, hey, I want to introduce you to this guy. You've been wanting to do the steps, right? Well, this guy takes people through the steps. I go, okay. So I go meet him. And he's like, first thing he says is, you know, what are you willing to do to stay sober? I'm like, anything. Because that's the right answer, right? He's like, okay, okay. So we walk down the beach and back a little bit. And uh, he's like, He's like, okay. He's like, if you if you want me to take you through, I'll take you through. Show up an hour before the men's group meeting tomorrow night with a blue pen, a yellow highlighter, and a big book. And if you're five minutes late, or I think he said one minute late, he's like, don't show up again because I won't be there. If you're not going to take it seriously, there's other people that I can be helping. Yeah. And I was like, and right, that was the the most scared I had ever been in my life when he said that to me. I I panicked because I I could feel the truth. I could feel that this is what I needed. I could feel that there was no wiggle room. Yeah. And I started panicking and I'm going like, well, can I can I get back to you? Can I let you know? He's like, what what do you have to think about? You got something better to do? And I'm like, I I don't know. I I'm freaking out. I don't know. I don't like, mm. can I just, can I, can I let you know? And finally he goes, all right. He goes, here's my card. My cell phone number's on there. Let me know by six o'clock tonight, whether you're going to be there or not. And that's it. That's all you get. And I was like, okay. I went home. I sat on the edge of my bed and all this fear just started rushing through me. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like what? I was petrified. Because I'm telling you, I could feel that this was truth. And, and I couldn't wiggle my way around it. I couldn't manipulate it. I couldn't control it. Mm-hmm. And it was freaking me out. Yeah, so no, I, I, no, I just out. panicked for a few minutes. And then I went, okay, Glenn, this is what you've been asking for. You said that this was what you were going to do. Now it's here. Mm. Are you going to do it or are you not? I was like, okay, well, I really want to die. So, yes, I'll do it. I still didn't think it was going to work, but I was like, okay, here's the beginning of my death march. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I'll go through, it won't work, and then I'll go kill myself. So I went in, and every time I didn't want to do something, I was just like, half measures avail us nothing. I know what it feels like to give 100%. I have to give 110%. Because if I don't, every time I wanted to, every time I started talking myself out of doing something or doing it half-ass, that voice would come up and go, Glenn, you know what's going to happen. You're going to do it 98% and you're going to freaking know you did it 98%. And you're going to go sit on the bed and get ready to blow your head off and you're not going to have the balls to do it. And then you're going to have to start all over again. And I don't have the energy to do that. Yeah. I just want this. I want to find out if this is going to work or I'm going to die, period. No middle ground. You know, so that would give me the the fortitude to push through and give it 110%. And then another thing, it says, you will be amazed before you are halfway through. After I did my fifth step, man, my feet didn't hit the ground for two years. (laughs) It was right before I was halfway done. Before you are halfway done, after my fifth, right before my sixth, I start blowing open. And I mean, it was insane. Yeah. It was insane that that people were like seeing me from across the room going like. (laughs) You're like leading the march. (laughs) I'm like, what? What? They'd walk over. They'd be like, what happened to you? Like you lit up this room when you walked in. I could see it from a from way the hell over there what what's up with you and i'm like i don't know <laughs> i just love man it's just everything's just love 
Yeah. You're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it, it really is that spiritual awakening that just lights you up and gives you that energy and you want to help people and share it. And it's such a cool thing. I, I love that about the 12 steps. Um, I, I've been like super close with the program. Like I, it wasn't, you know, I, I was uh, in communities with people that would go to meetings and I would attend sometimes and, you know, do that kind of thing. And uh, just to um, understand it and, you know, make it relatable. Um, and help me deal with what I needed to deal with in, in order to understand it and move through my emotions and process. And uh, I love that. Like I would see, you know, you would see guys that just went through their 12 steps and they're sponsoring people and they're just lit up and they're like, literally, it was the coolest thing. Like you just see them like dragging people off the street, just like trying to save lives, like just wild. Yeah. Um, it's a, such a cool energy. Like when you can tap into that, uh, it does, it ignites something really cool. And um not everyone gets to experience it, but um, sounds like you do. No, yeah, and some <laughs> do, and that's still, you know, I just, I just posted something the other day, last week, I think, about about this. It's, I, I saw you see the light come on in people's eyes. Yeah. Like I didn't walk around going, oh, their their eyes look dead. Their eyes look dead. No, but when they when they turn back on, when the light, the light, it's like light start shining through their eyes like you can see yeah. it you know and it's like oh my god like they were they were dead yesterday right. and i didn't know because they just look like them but now they're alive like something internal shifted right you know and all of a sudden that and that's what it is it's alignment you know, that's what it, that's what the steps do is it aligns us. This is, this is why, like I was, I was saying with the, with the ninth step, <clears throat> it's very misunderstood because when, when people start feeling the change come, they want to run out and make amends to everybody. Yep. When I used to take people through, I, half my job was to pull back on the reins and go, whoa, 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 slow down. It's the ninth step for a reason. Yeah. If you're, if, if it was supposed to be the sixth, it'd be the sixth. If it's supposed to be the second, it would have been the second. It's a ninth for a reason. Yeah. Because it's like you have to clear out some of that energy from your fourth and fifth and your sixth and seventh and even your eighth. And that takes a little bit of time. Even if it's just a couple, two, three, four weeks, that time matters. It okay. helps you resonate and set things in. And then when you get there, you know, my experience was like, and I mean, I had blown open, so I was comprehending spirituality on a pretty good level by the time I was getting there. But like, so the right things were jumping out at me. I was recognizing the right things because I had awoken. <clears throat> so one of the things that I noticed was in the ninth step, we crawl before no man. And that jumped out at me because I was like, Oh, that changes the energy. So I'm not tucking my tail between the legs and kissing somebody's ass because I wronged them. That is not the energy. The energy is I crawl before no man. I am proud. And I have my chin held up high. And yes, I go own my shit. And I will look them dead in the eye when I do it. Mm. That's a completely different energy. Yeah. You know? It's so disempowering to the empowerment and standing in your own. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of power in that for sure. It is. And it's, it's a completely different because most, most apologies. I mean, how many times has an addict apologized? Countless. Yeah. I mean, it's just not uh, all the time. It's hi, my name's Glenn. I'm sorry, Ambrose. <laughs> I mean, and I probably apologized less than most because I like I for as a general rule, most times in my life, I did not make excuses for my drinking. I like to drink. I own that I drank. <laughs> so um, but I mean, nonetheless, I mean, you're going I did plenty of stupid things that required uh, an apology. So I did make my share. You know, and it's there's a certain energy. There's a weakness coming from that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm bad. You know, that energy. And it's like the people that you're talking to, they know it. It's just another I'm sorry. But when you come in and you apologize in a different energy and you own it, you say, I did this to you mm -hmm. and it was wrong. 
and you're looking them dead in the eye and actually meaning it, it's powerful, man. It's powerful for them and for you. You know, it's a whole different dynamic. It's a whole different energy to it. What can I, is there anything that I can do to, like I literally made index cards with what I had, what I needed to apologize specifics with. And then I wrote, you know, the questions after, like one of them is, um, is there anything I can do to make amends for this? And then right after that, I wrote, shut up. So I was like, and I had my cards. I'm like, is there anything I can do to make amends for this? Shut up. (laughs) And I would give them space to think, to speak, to do what they needed to do. You know, Mm -hmm. it was just, I'm telling you, man, you do it in that way. Oh, it's amazing. I think I had one person that had a negative response to me. Everybody else was blown away. People were like, I have never experienced something like this in my life. They're like, you just, you just blew my mind, man. I don't like, I've never seen anybody own their stuff and just, you're good, man. You're good. Whatever the heck you're doing, just keep doing it because I don't even know what to say. (laughs) it's it's funny you know we're so afraid to make those connections and own our stuff but when you do that you're right like it really people don't expect it because not everyone does that most people don't so when you come to them and you're like hey you know what i effed up big time you know and i and i know that and uh i impacted you in this way and it meant this and you know you go through it and then it's how do i make it right and people really don't know how to react to it because uh, it's so you, just the connection. It's a genuine connection. You can feel the difference and, and the emotion behind right. it um, and that you're truly apologetic for what you did and not just saying it so you could get to the next, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's and and asking them, you know, it, the I think the other question, I, I, I think there's two or three, but uh, the other question is, do you need to... Um, do you want to, or do you need to tell me how this affected you? Yeah. You know, like, it's just like, and really doing it so specifically the, exactly the way it's laid out. It was just, it, it was so powerful, you yeah. know? So everybody, everybody wants to do those steps because you get that. Well, not everybody. A lot of people don't want to do the ninth. My sponsor thought I was crazy because I'm like, when do I get to do my ninth? Like yeah. when I was on my sixth and he's like, nobody wants to do a ninth. What's wrong with you? Yeah. It's, I was uh, like, I'm jacked up, man. I'm jacked yeah. up for my fifth. Right. If the, you know, so if the ninth gives me even a quarter of the freedom that I experienced from doing the fifth, I want to do it yesterday. Yeah. He's like, Ready slow down. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, Nelly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it, but it's it's a beautiful thing. You know, it's, it's a beautiful thing, recovery. And, you know, I think one of the things I I had no idea what we're going to talk about and we're going to have to do a part two, I think. I think we're definitely going to have to do it. Yeah. (laughs) Cause we're just starting to dive into it. There's just so much on this topic and it's such a sensitive thing. Um, but there's so much to it. So much, so much to it. And I, I, one of, one of my big things is, is, um, understanding what recovery actually is and recovery. And, and I take this not only, you know, recovery, of course, but it's, it's also what I believe and have experienced in my spiritual life in all areas. And it's transcendence. We are supposed to be transcending our issues. We are not supposed to be struggling with them for the rest of our lives. And that's such a common misconception with spirituality in generally in general, especially the new age movement and with recovery. People like, you know, uh, it's I'm an alcoholic and that's the most important thing I know. Like, really, that's the most important thing, you know, like that. You know, you're a spiritual being having a human experience. You're a gift of God. You're more powerful than you even know. You can do anything in this world if you just don't pick up a drink. Mm-hmm. Like that, none of that really matters that much. Just this little thing that you can't drink alcohol is more important than everything. 
you know, and I get the meaning behind it. They're trying to keep it in the forefront of their mind. And some people need to do that, you know? So, you know, I've had this discussion many times. So like, hey, if you feel that you need to keep this in the forefront of your mind mm -hmm. so you don't slip, I know I needed to for years. But then after a, a while, I felt this pull away. And it was like, Glenn, why don't you get on with your life? Like yeah. what, you know, did you, did you get sober so you can sit in a church basement seven nights a week for the rest of your life? And I'm like, no, man. Yeah. And that's okay for the people who want to do that. And I mean, you know, like I, I made tons of really good friends and yeah. had wonderful times going to those meetings all the time, yeah. but it wasn't, my journey wasn't to stay in there all the time. So yeah. some people will, but you, even, and even if you do, even if you want to go to meetings seven days a week for the rest of your life, and of course that's extreme, you know, <laughs> I think, I don't think most people go seven days a week for the rest of their life. Um, but, you know, multiple times a week, even if that's what you want to do, if, if you get up in the morning and you have to talk yourself down from going and getting a drink, you are not recovered. Right. You know, it, and it and it states this stuff in the in the big book when you go through it, it like it literally says that like if if you need to shield yourself from alcohol, mm -hmm. then there's something wrong with your sobriety. Yeah. You know, that's not the answer because you you could it says, you you know, you could you could go up in in Alaska and, you know, sit in an igloo. And an Eskimo is going to come up with a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. Like it will find you if it's an option for you, you know? So for me, my recovery is full transcendence, full transcendence. And it always has been since those, since that first, now I had to get used to living differently and stuff. And that took, I don't know, you know, maybe, maybe probably like six months. And I started going to uh, bars with friends, but there were other sober friends for a specific reason. I didn't just, and it was every once in a while and we we're all together and it was taken very seriously, but I was able to do that probably like six months sober. I didn't really enjoy it. So I stopped doing it, <laughs> but, but like, I didn't, I wasn't scared that I was going to pick up a drink because it was a non-issue, yeah. you know, and that's, one of my favorite words and it, it stemmed from my alcoholism and went into my spiritual life. I'm always looking to transcend an issue, not to fight with it for the next 40 years. You mm -hmm. know, I, I want things to be a non-issue. If I have a childhood trigger, I want to transcend it and I want it to be a non-issue. Yeah. I don't want to sit there two years later and go, well, there's still, you know, I'm, 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 I'm trying, I'm working on it. You know, I'm a work in progress. Right. Like the issue as if it's not able to be resolved. It's yeah. like, it's just yeah. a constant with me. It's how I'll always be, you know, that's uh, a yeah. no. Yeah. We have to, and, and I, I believe this is picking up now with the spiritual shift and it's becoming more well known and, and it's becoming more important, quite frankly, because like the spiritual shift is happening. We are creating a new paradigm. Now we don't have time for you to play around with a childhood trauma issue for 10 years. Right. Like we, we, you, you need to go start like building a new life. Like you, <laughs> you know, you need to just transcend this stuff and move on, you know? So do whatever it takes to transcend it and move on. Yeah. You know, but so it's that. Yeah. I, I think, <laughs> I think we'll wrap up with this. It's just, recovery, you should not have to struggle with drugs and alcohol. And I think not only is that important to know, because the people who are doing it, you know, they, they, they go to meetings for literally, I know people that have been going to meetings for 20, 30 years, literally. And they're like, yeah, it's a daily struggle. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah. I, I, I can't be you. I, I could never be you, you know? Um, so like, I think it's important for people to know that if you are struggling with an addiction, it's because you haven't transcended it yet and you can. And I think that's important for people to know that are struggling in the program. And I think it's important for people to know that are addicts that haven't really tried this yet. 
because it's like, you know, these, these things one day at a time and it's a daily struggle. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be an alcoholic for the rest of my life. This type of mentality is, is just widespread. People say it all the time. And to me, it's detrimental. It's like, because like, if, if I was an alcoholic, you know, thinking back to how I was back then, if I thought that I, if I listened to those people, the, the, the general consensus of what people are saying about addiction, if I actually listened to them, I'd be dead right now because there's no way I'm, I was interested in living another five, 10, 15, 20 years struggling. I wasn't going to do it. And if I thought that that's what I was going to get by going through this program, I would have offed myself. Yeah. You know, so it's important to know that, no, recovery is transcendence. Recovery is complete. I can't stress it enough. Complete freedom. I don't like tomatoes because they're all larvally inside and grosses me out. A texture. I just don't like tomatoes. I never have. That. Probably never will. I like the outside, not the inside. It's kind of weird. Yes. It's the same. I have no fear of tomatoes. I don't struggle to not eat a tomato. It doesn't impact my life negatively in any way, shape, or form. Same with alcohol. Exact same. Zero fear. <laughs> you know, zero uncomfortability. I can have 14 bottles of my favorite liquors all around me all alone in a room and i would not think twice about picking something up i wouldn't it holds no intrigue to me <laughs> you know so so there so we'll wrap up so i know <laughs> i i started talking about the the um the disease of alcoholism and then I went off on whatever we just went off on. So, so when we come back, we'll start with that and then we'll see where it goes. All right. All right. I'm telling you so you can hold me accountable. Got it. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that's part one, everybody. We're going to uh, cut this into two parts. So we will, uh, you're going to have to wait for the other part. Yeah. Oh my God. There's a carrot. <laughs> oh all right cool well i think that's it so yeah there i am that's my ending okay cool everybody we will um wait with bated breath and you'll hear part two next week <laughs> coming at you <laughs> coming oh, at you live monday live. monday monday <laughs> on youtube 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 love it <laughs> Looking for more? Check out over 200 episodes of Life Lessons and Laughter, or click the link in the description of this episode to connect with Glenn directly.